Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy 2024! New year, new you, right? Let me guess. You're thinking about joining a new gym, starting a fad diet, buying that... Theragun everyone's always yammering on about, <laughs> I've got a better idea. Listen to my podcast. I'm Samantha B, writer, comedian, and host of Choice Words from Lemonada Media. This whole month of January, we're going to help you make better choices in 2024. We'll go beyond superficial hacks and get at the truth of how to lead a more meaningful life. Just search for Choice Words on your podcast player of choice and hit follow so you don't miss an episode. Now that is a good choice. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, your weekly dose of pop culture, celebrity missteps, and public apologies. And this week, I ate a handful of Doritos for breakfast twice, and that's what it means to be a single childless adult. And this is Mohanad Al-Sheikhi, and this week, again, I'm complaining about the weather. It's bad, I feel hot, and I want to die. <laughs> so that's great. Um, my name is Oha Lopez. It's, it's Oha Lopez every week. But this week, I am so excited because we have one of my favorite people joining us on the podcast, V Spear. We're so happy to have you. V is the host of the brand new Lemonada podcast, V Interesting. It premiered last week. And it is so profoundly good. On the show, V talks about stories you may have missed from the news cycle and goes deeper into complex issues that matter to all of us. V, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me back, Oha. I actually like did my very first podcast truly ever on I'm Sorry when we did Facebook all those months ago. Yes. We feel so honored. <laughs> you guys like made me. I was like discovered here. <laughs> And I'm sorry. This is what we do here. Uh, if you come yeah. on, I'm sorry, you will be discovered by the industry. This is what yeah, we do. It's, right. it's like a star burst happened here. Exactly. Right. You did no work. You didn't. You had done nothing really leading up to being on the show at no. all. So this works no. out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Overnight success. I was listening to the show. It was. It's so good. You had Lamar Dawson and uh, John Kung on them. They were so fun and funny and it was such an interesting... They're both, I guess, like specifically from TikTok and Mm -hmm. had such interesting insight on the back end of how it works. Like, did you know them before? Because you have so much experience with TikTok too. So how did you meet them? Like, how did that all happen? So like, we both kind of came up at the same time and I think it's because like all of the people that you maybe recognize from TikTok right now all started at the beginning of the pandemic. So we feel mm. like we've been on this like journey together, but that's because the the start point for the journey was the same for everyone. So Yeah, like a deep depression and sense yes. of meaningless purpose. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I started following John. We were both in the culinary world at the time and my very first TikToks were me making like 
hamburgers in like really absurd and fail ways and they were they did really well and John is a chef so we would sort of like make different videos at each other and then I started following Lamar because his original content was doing these like dance videos and music explainers and like how to consume music and how to dance and I uh, wanted to learn how to swing dance so I started watching him because I mean I was just home with my wife and I was like well I guess we're going to be professional swing dancers at the end of this um, spoiler we are not but we did eat a lot of hamburgers and then he switched over to get that radio show on Sirius XM and now he does TikTok radio and I just they're just my boys like so I, I honestly for myself I picked ringer guests I've picked guys that like I'm friends with in real life so yeah. that our conversation was just kind of like us goofing around flowing and having a good time yeah, yeah. TikTok is truly a mystery to me like it's still like I don't know if there's anything on the universe that, on the that makes me feel more old than TikTok these short bursts but also more seen yeah I find all sorts of people there that are talking about like there's tree TikTok there's like mm-hmm. burger tick there's just truly every flavor of the universe in TikTok you know what I don't think what the algorithm thinks I am or who I am exactly because lately this is all I've been getting on TikTok it is literally people just holding the Bible, looking oh, no. at the screen and being like, no, 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 don't scroll. I want to pray for you. <laughs> Does the algorithm think I need to be saved that bad? Yeah. And what yeah. did I do? What have it heard me say at home? That he's like, no, you need Jesus. This is what, exactly what you need. Well, I don't know if you need Jesus, but I apparently need Joseph Smith because I get a ton of Mormon TikTok and I... I'm not Mormon. So I, I think the, the TikTok just wants to give you something to be curious. Yeah, just something to be curious about. They're like, here's the stuff you like. And here's a couple of videos on how to become a professional horse farrier or a Mormon or how to get saved. Yeah, there's a lot. Right. There's a lot there. A little amuse bush. And amuse then if you, yes. if you get hooked, then you got to keep going back to figure out what this weird culture is. Because that's what it reminds me of is like a peek into culture, like a completely different culture. Yes. Um, I call it visiting. I like to visit with the different things that I didn't know about. So maybe Mormon talk or maybe like like horse farrier again. But you just get to visit there for a little while. It's safe. You're still in your home and then you get to leave if you don't like it. <laughs> if you don't like it, which sometimes I don't. Sometimes yeah. I uh, I stumbled upon a TikTok of how to hold up and respect God with your makeup and your hair. And I thought to myself, not for me. No, I I don't need that one. Exactly. That's clearly for me. Yes, that's for (laughs) Mohanad. The next video, though, could be like a drag tutorial on makeup. And the one after that could be like how to put makeup and nail polish on your puppy. Like TikTok is its own freaky little choose your own adventure. But if you do have unresolved childhood trauma, I could see where like you're afraid to go back because the perception is that TikTok (laughs) is a bunch of like mean high school girls doing dances. And while there is some of that, it shouldn't be showing up on your FYP as an adult. So don't don't worry about that. You'll be okay. <laughs> you will. You'll be able to navigate it. You're saying because yes. the algorithm is such an interesting like because now it's taken its own mm-hmm. sort of like it, it's not just an algorithm that affects your life. It's almost like its own character and personality and identity, and we use it and we just throw it around almost like a horoscope that the internet has for us. And it's like if we read it, it'll say things about us that we don't even know. Yes. So it is this very sort of like esoteric, magical, um, I guess kind of like like a reading of you that a machine has done. And I love that because I love things that are about me and for me and 
and just made tailored for me. You it's know? called the For You page. It could not be more inviting. It looks like uh, Oha has been paid by big algorithm to say that because that <laughs> right. was just like so. Like this sounds like Oha was replaced by a robot, and she's here like uh, actually the algorithm is good. It's great. It's fixing <laughs> it's my so life. Bad. It's everything. I love it. It's who I am now. <laughs> the weirdest thing that happens is like when. There's something that I've never seen on my FYP, though, but then it goes so viral that it just becomes a story. Like this mom talk, I had never seen not one of these women in my life. And then all of a sudden, it consumed my life for like two weeks. And that's that's the phenomena about TikTok that I absolutely love, because people who don't even have TikTok want to know the story. Yeah, you want to be on that inside joke. And so by the time something makes its way to Instagram, it's already been viral on TikTok for two weeks. <laughs> then you get like a half life, right? Because then you have your Instagram moment to the sun. And then it'll filter down to like Facebook memes. And then some Sometimes to Twitter, if if journalist Twitter is paying attention enough, but yeah, you get you get your pop, your half life, and then your revisit. So it it's a nice fifteen minutes plus ten plus ten of fame. So so what is what what is this mom talk thing? I, I would love <laughs> yeah. to know. Illuminate. Yes. I mean, it really started. I mean, the first time I heard about it was I just know that there there's a woman named. Taylor, Frankie Taylor Paul or Taylor Frankie Paul. I actually don't know which order. I know Paul is at the end. And uh, this group of women, I, you know, they're basically a bunch of hot moms. And I'm pretty sure the most of them are Mormon. It's like hot Utah moms that are mostly Mormon that yeah. do these dancing videos of how hot they are and you know a lot of people who were like they were like well that doesn't feel very mormon i don't know about any of that but i do know that taylor frankie taylor she comes out on a live saying that she's getting a divorce and that there's a blow up in the friend group and basically alludes to the fact that this group is a bunch of soft swingers and essentially they soft swinging is like they're allowed to sort of make out with each other in groups in this as long as they're in the same room but they can't go all the way which is the most mormon part about it right there's no (laughs) penetration allowed it's just Um, edging edging forever and ever and ever edging for the lord sex that women love essentially got Mm -hmm. it okay and yeah and so you know obviously everyone's been watching these dancing videos so then they start making assumptions about who was involved in the swinging and then you know it's alluded to that there's another couple breaking up you know people are unfollowing each other then more lives happen of people denying that this is that they're involved in this in any way shape or form their husbands are in the background of these lives saying it wasn't me and then (laughs) it kind of just keeps going on is it sort of like basketball wives real housewives but the mormon version on tiktok like it's giving me very much like if they could have taped all of this and released it they would have you know oh absolutely i mean i think that this was very real housewives and and i think people started feeling that way and then started thinking are they creating this drama in order to be a part of a reality show and i think that's sort of the road it started going down it went down a few different branches it was like First, the branch was, no, there wasn't a bunch of swingers. She just cheated on her husband, got caught, and then wanted to drag everyone down with her. <laughs> that, is, that is incredible, though, for someone to cheat and then be like, no, 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 you don't get it. We're all into this. <laughs> and, and you're like, 
Oh, like imagine being a friend with this person. You just wake up one day and be like, no, 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 no. I do not do this. This is not me. And it just already went viral. I love that for them. Uh, probably that's the most drama that has ever happened in, in, I don't know, where are they? Salt Lake City or whatever. Well, apparently the city they were in was like, because then when I ended up talking about it, you know, in my stories, people started, I went down the swinger hole of like these certain cities that um, are apparently big swinger cities. And I can't remember the exact Utah city they were in, but apparently they were allegedly all members of this Lifetime Fitness that is also known to be a, a oh swinger, like gym. I mean, it. I went down a deep, dark rabbit hole with this one. I broadcast sometimes from my parents' house down in Florida. They live in like this cute little retirement village and we do the news from the grotto and everybody loves that. And people were sort of suggesting, oh, do your parents live at the villages? And I was like, yeah, it's something like that. And my mother came flying out onto the deck and was like, don't let people think me and your father live in the villages. Do you know what kind of stuff they're doing down there? We don't do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, mom, what kind of stuff do they do? Why do you know about it? Tell me about it. But yeah, swinger talk and and just this behind the scenes lives of straight people i'm like just come out with it just just live live your dreams right all the gay people are already on polyamory they're they've got terms like polycule they've got they're like shared bed scenarios they're like democratizing swinging and they've let's say elevated the idea of swinging very bougie now yeah it's very very bougie to have a third person in your relationship but there's yeah this feels like a lot of shame wait are we just gonna walk over polycule i need to understand i need a definition (laughs) like you act like we just know what that means i just heard it and i was like yeah that's a word (laughs) mohan and i are over here like uh we're the straights we know nothing i mean i'm a gay but i I, i'm also like the most prude wholesome gay ever like me and my my wife really just like hold hands and watch movies and you should think nothing further than that ever 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 everything's very on the up and up over here um so it's it's a mashing of the words polyamorous and molecule. Of course, these are extremely cerebral gays that are putting this together, but they're essentially like it's a connection between like romantic and intimate partners. So it's whatever connections there are is what you create a polycule with. So, for example, a polycule can be, you know, two primary partners and two uh and two other partners that are outside of that and all together that little connection or that little um their specific connections create a polycule you know so, what this reminds me of do you remember like in elementary school when you had to make constellations out of marshmallows and toothpicks that's I'm exactly yes. like like we should make those and then that would help like illustrate this for folks that's what i'm picturing. yes it's essentially like the connected network of people who could give each other STDs and, uh, <laughs> and how those STDs connect to each other in a very physical representation kind of way. Okay. Um, it's like the chart. It's like, like from the, the L word, the chart. You know okay. exactly yes. what I'm talking about. Right. Yes. Except marshmallows um, and toothpicks. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, I think the most disappointing thing I learned like in my deep dive of swinging is like, I'm a single, so I really actually can't participate. Like I was walking around with pineapple bags because, you know, I understand upside down pineapples Mm -hmm. is like a sign. Everybody's like, but nobody's, you're not with anybody. No one's going to pick you up. And I was like, oh, I feel very left out. Wait, what? 
Yeah, I know. What, a pineapple is a sign that you're open? Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the signs. There's the, the upside down pineapple, apparently pompous grass planted in your front yard is the a pink sign flamingos. that you're down. Yeah, the pink mm-hmm. fl- And all of these things I love. I love a fl- pink flamingo. I love a pineapple. These things are tattooed on my on my body. Like <laughs> This is gay culture, you guys. Yeah, oh, no, this no, no. This is gay no, culture. No, ma'am. This is not gay culture. What? This is straight swinging culture. I don't understand. Oh, my God. What? No, we don't need to have like signs and symbols and things we're very direct we'll just we'll just chat you up you know it's just it's different you know this is the straight we have to make it kind of like a secret society situation god but let but how do lesbians do it because gay men we we all we know. get a haircut have you seen this haircut yes. this haircut is no if you want to know about mm-hmm. that okay i'm gonna spill it this is this is the i'm sorry podcast but i'm gonna i'm gonna spill some gay tea I'm here ready. okay Ooh. and i'll probably have to apologize to the community after this one if you want to identify your lesbian obviously you get this haircut that's what we all do that's that's one thing but in p-town there's flag and card culture so we have a different thing so like bandanas in different colors indicate different things that you're into or looking for same thing with in in provincetown massachusetts like the gay mecca you have um and fire island as well and you also have like business cards that you can hand somebody and say like hey this is what i'm looking for it's very professional I truly have been living in Texas for the past 10 years because we know none of this there. No, I I studied it. We have an episode on V Interesting coming up after the gay gay agenda episode. We're going to do one in the summer on um, that kind of stuff, just like demystifying uh, the stuff that you... A lot of people will tell you what gay culture is, and I'm going to be like, no, 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 we'll take you, we'll show you. It's a very fun time. Well, we need to bring these these Mormon moms on the journey. I don't know if they'll want to come, but we can try. I'm sure that they will want to come. I'm sure <laughs> that they will. will. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. I just want that woman to be left alone for once in her life. It's oh, killing yeah. me. Leave Britney alone. 
Yeah, I, I remember their, her marriage to Jason Alexander. I always found him to be like, he's one of those guys that, my memory of him is a man who doesn't need to wear eyeliner to look like he's got very lush lashes. That's just my interpretation of him. But I wonder about this particular thing, because it is like, clearly this is another person who's mentally ill. You know what I mean? There's definitely something unusual about him to the fact that he broke into speaking of kinks breaking any he broke into britney's house to live stream himself but then he also was pictured at the january 6th um attack on the capitol so it, it's just odd to be known only as the man who was married to britney for 55 hours was at the capitol and then was at her wedding like what kind of stuff is he doing on the in-between? <laughs> Losing his goddamn mind. He's there to take down, uh, you know, American figures, whether it's uh, January 6th or Britney Spears. He, he's there to just, you know, dismantle America as we know it. Is it weird that I picture him like walking from Washington, D.C. to L.A. and that's why it took him Directly. so long to resurface? Like it's been a year and a half. He walked across the country to make it in time for her wedding. Like I just don't picture him like you would never sit next to Jason Alexander on an airplane. You would never pick him up like as a Lyft driver. Like he's just this figure that appears places and then kind of like manifests back into the the internet somewhere he doesn't exist as a real person for me yeah it doesn't even sound like he'd be the type that wa- would want to be on the grid with an id in right. order to be able to board a plane right oh right. yeah yeah he's also apparently was was also seen at the uh when the whole like free britney movement was happening and there were people like by by the court and whatnot he was like seen there multiple times and it's just so funny. He was like, yes, free Britney. I need her to text me back. <laughs> but also, like, didn't he say that he was like, he broke in, crashed to the wedding because he wanted to save her? Yeah, I mean, it sounded like he was very much on like a, yeah, savior mission in his in his mind. I'm just honestly just like, I get it, the free Britney movement and all of that. And, and the whole thing when she was doing her like, you know. Uh, the court thing was happening but i feel like now people are still trying to find ways to be like no 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 she still needs our help and we need to be there and i'm just like the woman just wants to be left alone at this point i think like you've done your job thank you so much like uh the whole thing recreating like no everyone that was at the wedding including her husband they're still like controlling her and just like man just 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 go find something else to do yeah, I mean, I think it's like everyone wants Britney to be happy, but then at the same time, everyone was confused because, one, it seemed like all the people that were speaking up for Britney during the Free Britney movement weren't at the wedding, right? Like, it yeah. was a bunch of celebrities that we never really attached to Britney, and so that... You still get, you know, like the hair on the back of your neck stands up like there's something about this still feels off because even though she's free to do what she wants, it doesn't feel like she can. Now, someone made an interesting comment to me about, you know, well, look, she has been in this conservatorship. She doesn't have any friends. She probably just wanted to invite the nicest celebrities in her mind to her wedding to have a good day, which is a very valid point. But I also think that if she was aware, if she's aware of the people that have been, have been speaking up for her, she should be allowed to reach out to them, no? I felt like her wedding was really suspended in the last time we saw Britney Free. Like, if you think of what was popular in 2008, it's Donatella Versace, it's Madonna, it's Paris Hilton. And this sort of was like, it was almost felt to me like she picked up now in 2022, where she left off in the early 2000s. And so... 
you know, that there's a sadness to that. And there's a kind of like, I'll be really excited if Paris Hilton puts out another album. Both things. Yeah. Is it also like maybe it's one of those things like I know these like celebrities have been like defending her and whatnot and obviously right, rightfully so. But maybe she was like, yeah, thank you so much. I just don't want you in my wedding. You're not a good hang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of like the thing that we see in all these like movies sometimes. It's like we see these movies and they're like horrible things happen to these people in these action movies. And at the end, it's like this happy sort of like situation when in real life, I'm like, that person has severe PTSD trauma issues stemming from being like essentially like a a hostage in their own lives by their family and kind of betrayed by everyone. And I don't think she's okay. Like I think that in her videos, I, I can't watch, really, I can't watch any Britney videos, whether it's her just dancing innocently to the camera or whether it's her like posting about what's going on in her life. Like I, I, I am really worried about her and I don't think that I can save her. I don't think any of us can, but I think our attention makes it worse. (laughs) And so I just maybe sometimes like choose to look away from Brittany as a way to give her some privacy. (laughs) Like I feel like she needs her own space right now. I thought it was interesting that her children weren't there, but sent their support. And I think there maybe is something to that. The fact that Brittany was suspended essentially in the life that she knew the last time that she was free and now she was coming back into it. This idea that her children being present who love her, who see her, who know her, maybe don't want to get mixed up with anything about her coming back into the world and like being essentially a public figure. People Magazine was there to take the pictures. Like, we don't know how she's going to react. And so this isn't a family experience. This is Brittany having like a little party with her friends who used to be her friend's I, yeah. I, don't, I agree. I think it was difficult. I also thought it was really interesting that her mom commented, you know, her mom wasn't invited to the wedding. You know, her father wasn't invited to the wedding. No one expected him to be. But, um, you know, when her mom commented on the picture that, you know, she posted, I also found that interesting because I, in my head, assumed she had blocked, you know, her sister, Jamie Lynn. And I guess I also assumed she had blocked the rest of her family. So the fact that her mom isn't blocked but wasn't invited. That also gives me pause too, because it means there is an opening there, right? Because it means you haven't completely cut them out of your life. You want them to see what's happening, yet they're not a part of it. And so that also just leaves lots of questions. And of course, we always know family dynamics. It's even if you you can't stand your family, you still like love them, right? This feels like different level, though. So I guess I was just really surprised to see her commenting on the photo. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I was also very surprised to not see her sons there. Um, We know we haven't heard anything from K-Fed really at all. And I'm actually surprised by that (laughs) and actually kind of impressed by it. Okay, first of all, are you attracted to Kevin Federline, Kiki? Because when I think of him, I think maybe this is Kiki's type. Is this true or not? I think that when they were at the height of like the two of them, Brittany and K Fed, absolutely like I mm-hmm. he was he was absolutely bangable. 
I haven't seen him in years. Like, I don't know if I've seen him since these kids. And so I don't think he's the dancer we once knew. If I remember, So I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. Do you think he has like the Pete Davidson charm, though, where it's like there's something about him that's just very safe feeling and like he's just there to be on the crazy ride with you and like let you be your own little weirdo and has no expectation that is attractive? Are you in love with Pete I Davidson? Am. No, I'm going to tell you what. Let me Let me come on record right now to say I am in love with Pete Davidson and here is why. When I was at the White House Correspondents Dinner, ooh, he walked in the room with Kim Kardashian and I I really like didn't care about either one of them, but this like hordes of like older established journalists descended upon them with their camera phones to take pictures of them. It was so just cringy and terrible and he looked behind him he knew they couldn't get out and he looked forward and their table was down the front and he just kind of looked at Kim and was like and he took her little hand and he just kind of like was like thank you so much and it was like watching your high school boyfriend make prom king or something he just like very gently guided her to the table and was like okay now we're gonna sit down and I was in love with him after that because I was like this dude has like I don't know. He has like mama's boy energy that is very sweet and very safe. And she, for being all the Kim Kardashian you would expect, just sort of was like, okay, like trusted him in this way. I don't know. You had to kind of like see it, I guess. But I was like, I'm in love with Pete Davidson. I completely get it now why these women want to be with him. And it's because he doesn't have like an expectation or treat them like this pop princess or this like celebrity figure. They're just like on a nice little ice cream date in the summer (laughs) in high school. It has like that energy, like very sweet. That makes sense. I love that. Yeah. I get that. Well, I am. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was was just going to jump into another subject uh, since we're 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 talking about. Pete Davidson and how he's a weird dude, but everyone wants to be uh, with him. I was like, maybe we can talk about weird dudes that no one wants to be with. Uh, oh is no, Jan- who is it? Who is <laughs> We're it? Talking about January sixth. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Got it, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kiki, you've been you've been you've been observing that closely. Yeah. So, yes. how is your brain doing? First of all, you know, it's so wild because I remember like being in that that day just so scared and angry and i think i had lost a lot of that emotion right like we're so it's so mm-hmm. far away and it and this is why everyone just needs to watch it because i got angry all over again but in a whole different way because now i was hearing things that i didn't even know and i and i was angry for not the right reasons, because I was angry for the right reasons at the time, but now it was very directed anger, and I knew who to point the anger directly towards. And I guess I, you know, sort of recapping this and talking about this, the thing that I'm just so annoyed by is that if I'm telling facts about what happened that day... That doesn't mean I'm on one side or the other. It's just facts. And if those facts mean that Trump supporters and Trump's team did all the wrong things, that's not a biased view. That's just fact. And like, I think people just like need to get that through their head. Like what happened that day was absolute treason, traitor. Like those people did all the wrong things and I I just don't get why people can't see it. It's so frustrating. We have, you know, police officers. We have multiple Republicans, which you respected, you know, that are telling you this is what happened. And what are we going to do? Say they're all liars? 
just to like say, you know, it, it's it's wild to me. So um, I don't really know what's going to come from this because it seems like even on the committee, there's infighting about whether this is going to get referred to the DOJ to like for criminal charges. Wow. But it's like yeah. Rudy Giuliani, he needs to be in handcuffs. Uh, that Sydney chick, she needs to be in handcuffs. <laughs> like They all need to be. They're all they're all traitors. That's such a wild, like, do you, have you been getting feedback from your stories and that of people like being upset about posting facts? Like, um, or do you just feel like in general, that's been sort of the, the blowback as people are looking at these facts and saying like, oh, you're biased, which I mean, essentially that is what's been happening for the past, I don't know, decade at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think the majority of people, even the ones that are Republicans who respond to me say like, look, I, you know, I do see that you you aren't a Trump fan, but I agree with you. They, mm. they get it. You know, they get like, that was not, that's not something that's supposed to be happening. Um, you know, I, and I, and I, and I, and I posted this thing yesterday about how biased, like just because it's, it may be biased in your mind. That doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> also the American public is not used to witnessing and no one is something as traumatic and complicated as the events that unfolded on January 6th. And we have so much video footage from so many different perspectives, live streams from the Proud Boys, from the Oath Keepers themselves. But we also have video footage of it looks like the cops are letting them in. Will this person open the door? Well, if you were to zoom out just a teeny bit further, you would see there were thousands of people rushing at this one person and we are self prevent self how do you, self-preservationists mm-hmm. at heart, Hell right? Yeah. So I would, I can't say that I wouldn't have opened the door too. You can't say how brave you would have been in this particular second when all of this is coming at you and they're jumping in the windows. So two things can be true. And I think what some folks have been trained to learn is there is only one truth. And if it's not exactly one truth coming from one source, then it's a lie or it's fake news or it's bias. There are multiple truths. It is true that at some doors, people appear to be let in. It is true that there were some geriatric folks meandering around inside the Capitol, not really knowing what was going on. It is true that your hairstylist and your football coach and your next door neighbor who mows your lawn when you're out of town were in the Capitol. And those are good people. It is also true that the Proud Boys killed people. It is also true that there was violence. It is also true that they smeared feces on statues within the Capitol, that they were calling for Nancy Pelosi, that they made a gallows and were calling to hang Mike Pence. All of those things are true, and all of those things need time to be looked at to decide who caused this, at what point did they cause it, whose name were they doing it in, and how do we hold those people accountable to ensure that this never happens again. And the thing is, like, pe- what I want people to understand is that when I'm getting angry, I'm 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 actually more getting angry for you. I feel yeah. bad for you. I feel bad that someone you trusted as your leader screwed you over, stole yeah. two hundred fifty million dollars from you because you believed that it was going towards a cause that they convinced you was real. And I want you to be just as angry about it as I am for you. And so I think that's where, you know, people think when I'm like getting angry, it's like, because I hate Trumpers. No, it's because, you know, this is probably a weird sort of, only because I've been watching a lot of culty stuff lately. I just watched the Warren Jeffs Netflix series, you know, about the FLDS, right? And the one on Netflix 
awful, terrible, disgusting human beings there were in that leadership. I then watched this older one that was about the aftermath of what happened after he went to jail. And there's literally people who were like born into this FLDS, mostly women, right? Who have their families, have their children, and they're now getting like evicted from their homes. They don't know what to do, right? Because they've been following this leader that they trusted. They, Some of them were just blind. They really didn't know. And you can't help but feel sorry for them, right? Yeah. Even though they were part of this disgusting organization that did horrible things, you know, there are innocent people within that and you just want them to see the light and be like, I want to I want to help you. But you got to like want to help yourself. And I think it's something that's only going to happen at a community level. And right now we're trying to see it. We're seeing it play out at the national level where it looks like the Democrats are going to be the ones that you have to join if you want to be against this wrong that was done to you. And it's like, yeah. screw all of that. It's not red versus blue. It's like us, actually, the people, because the Democrats are politicizing a good amount of this as well. That's what politics is. Yeah, It's going to be us, the regular friends and neighbors who say like, yo, th- what happened to you was wrong. And I, as your neighbor, not as a Democrat, not as a Republican, care about you and care about that this was bullshit. And I know that you spent the little disposable income that you had to support this thing that you thought was so important. And they were doubling your donations. They were putting you on auto monthly pay. You ended up getting in a ton of debt because of the manipulations that they took advantage of you. And that's what pisses us all off. And you don't have to be a Democrat to hold people accountable. I don't know that they're even the right people to fight what's going on right now. But yeah, but we as people need to do it together, you know, because it is shitty. And even if you voted against like gay marriage or any of the things that I value, like, I don't care. I still think it sucks that they took your five dollar donation and turned it into fifteen hundred dollars by scamming you. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you literally got nothing in exchange for it. You got nothing. You You lost more than you got for your for your donation. And, right. You, you know, I mean, I don't know, like uh, to say vote for better people. I don't know. Like it's just it just feels like it's very hard to even say that now because of how voting is being restricted and voting rights and, and all of that. So it's it seems like kind of I don't know if you're kind of hopeless sometimes. But I guess there's still, you know, it does. We can't give up on the idea of democracy and government, though, because it really is like the largest purchaser of the things that we need in the world. And it it is going to be there for us in some ways. But when I get overwhelmed thinking about like the national politics or folks will be like, I just can't handle it anymore. I can't trust anyone. They all only answer to Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell anyway. And I don't mm-hmm. have any power. I'm like, let's look at your school board. Do you know how easy it is to be on the school board and how fun and important that job is? Let's look at who your lieutenant governor is. Let's look at your mayor. Let's mm-hmm. look at the board of aldermen. There are things that we can do when we look around our neighborhood to help our immediate circumstance. That is what's worth investing to me right now. Cause I agree. It's really hard to be like, okay, well, who am I going to vote for for president? Well, they're going to kind of decide for me anyway. But I can decide what happens in my town, and then we can start a work from the bottom up as opposed to expecting that Reaganomic trickle down. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to expand the polycule. Yeah, you know we're going to expand the we're polycule. We're going to make a big, big polycule, baby. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors 
of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrush are out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, uh, since we're definitely not getting any apologies from any politicians, uh, we're just going to start on a smaller scale here (laughs) at the I'm Sorry podcast and move on to my favorite segment, which is Sorry Not Sorry, where we either apologize to someone or... Ask for an apology. And like every week, I'm going to start with Oha. Yes. um, I would like to apologize for my sense of superiority that I've carried very close to my pocket for the past, I'll call it two and a half, three years of having not contracted the COVID-19 virus. I held it deep in my heart. It made me feel both morally and physically superior to a large group of you, and I'm sorry for that. I knew I had it in me to get COVID, but for a brief moment in time, I felt superior and better. And now I join the masses. We are all together, uh, slowly closer to each other than ever. And I... Uh, hope I'll get more opportunities to feel superior. That is that is one guaranteed way to get COVID. Literally anyone right. who says <laughs> I'm not gonna get COVID a week later I will could get never. it. Like, is that virus <laughs> just like literally just listening to people and taking challenges now? That's it. <laughs> true, true. Um, that was me. I um, I'm let's let, let's all be together. I can't wait to smooch all of you. I haven't gotten it yet. Hopefully, and I know I might get it, but. I've been telling people that I've had COVID because I want them to think I go out more than I do. Uh, <laughs> got it. I just want them to think I socialize a lot. Well, I, I'm somebody oh. who goes out quite often because I'm pretty sure I had COVID twice. Um, and I actually still go to the movies because I love the movies. And this week, I kind of want an apology from Tom Cruise because oh. um, I saw Top Gun twice once in um, a regular theater. And then once I did, I experienced 4DX for the first time. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced 4DX, but it is an experience. It's real life. And I live it every day. Um, And I just want an apology from Tom Cruise because there was, you know, they did their sort of like iconic beach scene where, you know, everyone has like their shirts off and they're playing in the sand. And like, I just felt like it was cut a little short and I feel like <laughs> it's probably because Tom was maybe intimidated by, you know, the real, the, the new, the newbies in town. And, you know, um, you know, cause his jeans were a little higher than the others. You know, he didn't have that maybe V shape down there. And I just felt like we could have gotten more from the beach scene. Um, and okay. I don't know if Tom is to blame, but I'm going to say he was to blame. So I want an apology. Yeah. But hopefully there'll be a part two and we'll get more. We'll get more. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> listening to this. He will, he will, he, he'll hear it. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, theater experiences, there's, there's one where you pay, uh, I don't know what it's called, but 
you get Tom Hanks in the theater while you watch the movie to hold a gun to your head. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Yeah. Mm. So if anyone wants to experience it that way, I can I can hook you up. For a moment, I thought you said Tom Hanks, and I was like, that changed sure the period of my whole yeah. life. Oh, I, I was did, like, this, Tom is Hanks. A, this is a whole okay. other experience. Okay, let me take it back, okay? <laughs> there is an experience in theater that you can pay more for where Tom Cruise will hold a gun to your head while you watch Top Gun, and you got pay it, top it, dollar it. for that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, V, what about you? So I'm I'm going to apologize because I uh, I've been TikToking for like two years now and every so often I will try to like open the news with like a funny meme quote or like a funny movie quote or like a joke or I'll try to do a TikTok trend and every single time it flops. So I want to apologize for attempting to be a part of TikTok as opposed to a commenter on current events because it is just terribly embarrassing and very cringy so <laughs> i apologize to everyone who has ever supported me for having to watch me um attempt tiktok trends or be funny it's <laughs> never gonna happen you gotta do a super cut of all of them together oh my god messing up. <laughs> i would not know people get people get very upset in the because they just take what i say literally which is important but they're like that wasn't funny or like why is that happening or like why would you do that and i'm like i don't actually know i would <laughs> do it because i would make a non-comedic choice because i am not a comedian and so of course it flops and i'm deeply sorry for those hot takes i feel you i understand that every time i try to get on a on a tiktok trend and start like making videos i don't make videos for tiktok or anything but every time i did that it didn't just flop it really just uh took my ego with it uh, and I do comedy professionally, so uh, you shouldn't feel bad. It's just something that the algorithm gods do not believe in me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. That's yeah. all right. Well, uh, on on my end, I'm gonna demand an apology from Oha. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry about that, but you're gonna take it this week uh, oh, no. for not letting me know when I told you that I'm going to Houston how bad the weather was gonna be. Yeah, that is disgusting weather i should have yeah. been prepared for it it is probably the worst weather i've ever been in it's like being in a hair yeah. dryer yeah my mom describes it as living inside of a mouth Ugh. and it's very yeah it's it's sort of uh it's heavy it, you walk and you feel like you're cutting through some kind of wall of material it is so humid and so hot in houston and um if anybody decides to go to houston just know that that if you go in the summer you're going to experience Amazon level discomfort just by existing, even if you're in the shade. It is it's it is it is that uncomfort and then also like every time taking like an Uber there and you start talking about like a a subject and you're like this is this is taking a bad turn. I can see where you're taking this. I can <laughs> yes, see yep. it. I can feel it. Don't don't say mm. oh you you said it. You said the thing I didn't want you to say and yeah. now I do not know how to react because I just want to get back to my hotel. Yeah, Texas uh, is truly a lottery of you yeah. really don't know what you're going to be. I remember after um, Trump won, I walked outside of my house and I was like, who did this? Everyone was just looking at everyone, just like pointing at all these people because I know they did it. We did it. We <laughs> yeah. did it down there. It's one one more reason to not get out from underneath the desk. It's, <laughs> it's just it's not safe out there. <laughs> 
V, thank you so much for being on. This was a blast. Thank, thank you, you again. for having me. And, and everybody, please remember to go um, check out V Interesting. It is really a spectacularly researched and very, very funny show. So go check it out. Thank you so much, guys. I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul F. Tompkins. I'm Lauren Lapkus. I'm Scott Ackerman, and together we make up the show Freedom! Freedom is a show where the three of us, who are comedians and also friends, we all just hang out, we tell stories about each other, <laughs> about ourselves, <laughs> usually. We're constantly telling stories about each other. You got it, Paul did. <laughs> and we play games, and we laugh a lot. It's just that simple. It's a really easy podcast. This is a pretty good representation of the show. Actually. It's actually exactly what it is, plus singing. <laughs> so, listen to it now. The new season's out. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Just go outside and scream freedom. Just like we do. Freedom. Freedom. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way, through food. Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, whatever you get your podcasts.